and thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. This is the sermon for the week of Sunday, February 10th, 2019, the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. The sermon is entitled, Following Jesus and Studying God's Word, and is based on 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 16. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hamill. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If someone called you an ultra-crepidarian, how would that make you feel? Would you feel angry? Proud? Embarrassed? Intellectually inferior because you don't know what that word means? Ultra-crepidarians, as it turns out, are everywhere. If you've ever had a sick child, it seems like everyone has the solution or a home remedy that'll make them feel better. If you've ever attended a sporting event, ultra-crepidarians fill the bleachers. Seems like everybody knows how to play the game better than the players, the coaches, and the referees. Ultra-crepidarians are people who habitually give their opinion and their expertise on matters that they're not necessarily a qualified or trained expert in. This year we've been considering Matthew 28, the Great Commission, Therefore Go, as our theme. And this month as we turn towards the focus of studying God's Word, we need to be careful that we don't become ultra-crepidarians. See, the Great Commission calls us to be disciples who make more disciples of Jesus, our Savior. So in order to not be those ultra-crepidarians, you need to make sure that you first and foremost are a disciple of Jesus. But what does that mean? What does it mean for you to be a disciple of Jesus? Now, I'm sure if you tried to brainstorm, you could probably come up with any number of definitions of what it means to be a disciple. It, it means that you are a servant. Uh, it means that you are a witness. It means that you are a believer of Jesus, that you worship him. And all of those are very apt descriptions of what it means to be a disciple. And yet I think none of them get to the heart of what it means to be a disciple. You see, the simple, basic definition of disciple is student, that you are a learner, that you are someone who is eager to study, to learn more about Jesus. Does that sound like you? Are you somebody who is eager to learn more about Jesus? To be his student? Well, if we would have lived 2,000 years ago, it would have been pretty easy to know what that would have looked like. We would be following Jesus around, listening to his every word, watching his actions, seeing what it is that he is doing, 
and asking him, why? What, what is this about? Why are you doing this? But since we don't live in that day, but live in our own day, we are students of Jesus in a slightly different way. We are students of God's word. This is how we learn about Jesus, God's inspired word, the words about Jesus, our Savior, the words that reveal him to us, the words through which the Holy Spirit works. And those words, God's word, holy scriptures, are to be the center of our lives. And so, for most of us, I think, we can see how that happens. You're here. You're here to learn God's word. You're here to be taught, to be instructed in his word. But it doesn't end here. You also have the opportunity to read his word, to study his word on your own, to have your own personal time where you get into God's word, where you read devotions, where you pray. You have time and opportunity to gather together in Bible studies, to gather with other people so that you can learn together, so that you can ask some of your questions and maybe another person has an answer or maybe you have an answer to one of their questions. And these are great ways to learn, to study God's Word, and I could easily talk a lot more about them. But today, instead of talking about studying God's word per se, I want to talk about studying God's word in a particular way. That is, I think as people who study God's word, we should be a people who meditate on God's word. Now, many of you think you know what meditation is, and maybe you even do some form of meditation, but in order not to get too confused, I want to make distinct what it is that I'm talking about as we meditate on God's Word, because there are other types of meditation that aren't necessarily spiritual. Uh, maybe you know the kind where you close your eyes and say, oh, you're emptying yourself and you're finding your inner peace, or maybe you do some of your crazy poses and, and you can feel the, the stress and tension melt away from your body. And I don't necessarily want to take anything away from those things if those are important to you, but those aren't the spiritual activity that I'm talking about. You see, in a lot of those kinds of meditation, what we're really trying to do is empty ourselves, to empty ourselves of of the stress, of the anxiety, of, of that tension that is filling our bodies and filling our minds. But the meditation I'm talking about, meditating on God's word, on scripture, is not so much an emptying yourself as it is filling yourself up. It's filling yourself up with God's word. Filling yourself up with Jesus. The meditation I'm talking about is a meditation where Jesus is the object of our meditation. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, what's the difference between that and, and reading the Bible or, or Bible study? Isn't, isn't that what we're doing? We're, we're filling ourselves with God's word. We're filling up on Jesus. And I, I don't necessarily want to take anything away from reading the Bible and studying God's Word and Bible studies. Do those things. I'm talking about something in addition to that, something different than that. And so don't say it's either or, but it's both and. 
And when we meditate on God's word, the focus isn't so much on quantity as it is on quality. Not to be too crass, but maybe an analogy between reading the Bible and meditating on God's word is like the difference between driving through McDonald's. You get your food, you can eat while you're driving, and you can quickly get about your day. It's fast food, it's quick food, it's easy. It doesn't get in the way too much of your schedule, but you get it done. You make sure that you need to eat, your body needs food, and that's all good. That's sort of like reading the Bible, but meditating on God's word is a completely different activity. You've heard that cows have four stomachs, right? They really digest their food well. Well, meditating on God's word is kind of like being that cow, that you you take that word of God that you know and, and you bring it back. You bring it back into your mind, into your heart, and, and you keep thinking about it. You keep praying about it. You keep letting the Holy Spirit use that word. Maybe a better analogy for you is it's like it's like savoring a steak. You might down a Big Mac, but you don't want to do that to a steak. A nice medium rare, rare, whatever kind you like. You You want to enjoy that. You want to get the most out of that. Or maybe for you it's a fine wine or an Oreo cookie. Don't just eat the whole package. Enjoy it. Savor it. Take it in. Meditating is not simply crossing this off your list. I got it done today. It's reading that sentence and reading it again. It's not even getting through the sentence, but pausing on a phrase or on a word and stopping and thinking, what, what really is going on here? What, what is this about? It's taking that time to let the Holy Spirit work in your heart. Now, this 23rd Psalm, famous Psalm, you probably all know, you've all read it. It's great to read. It probably doesn't even take you a minute to read it, but to meditate on it. To meditate on that psalm fills your entire life. Just reading the opening words, the Lord is my shepherd. To stop and to pause and to think about what does that mean? What does it mean that God, the Lord is my shepherd? That he loves me, that he takes care of me like a shepherd, a shepherd that is always there for his sheep. What does that say about God? What does that say about me? That the Lord is my shepherd. That he's here today. Not not that he was my shepherd in the past or someday he's waiting for me and that he'll take care of me then, but I'm on my own right now. He is. He is right now. To meditate on that psalm is to explore the rich imagery and to to soak it all in. It's to take that word. Maybe it's a word, maybe it's a phrase, maybe it's a verse. You write it down and write it down again and again. And maybe you put it on a post-it note and you put it in the bathroom. You put it in, in your car. You put it at the place of your work. And all throughout the day, all throughout the week, as you see that word, you think about it, you say it out loud, you pray about that word. You're giving time 
for the Holy Spirit to bring that word into your life. You see, sometimes I think that we act as though we're like water. If you pour water into a shape, it will fill that shape quickly and instantly. But we're a bit more stubborn than water. We're more like Play-Doh or hard, lumpy clay. You just put clay into a shape, it's not going to fill that shape. It takes time. It takes work to fill it into that mold, to work it in, to get to all of the corners and fill that shape. That's what meditating on God's Word is like. It's giving time. It's giving that place for the Holy Spirit to work that Word into all of the parts of our lives, the parts that it doesn't fit very well at first until it starts to become a part of us. See, the mark of somebody who studies and reads God's word is that they're literate. They know what God's word says. They know what it's about. They know some of the facts. And if you ask them those trivia questions, they could answer them. But the person who meditates on God's word, this is a person who knows that God's word is a living and active word. And it acts upon them. It changes them. The Holy Spirit has used that word to transform them, to transform their lives, to shape them into God's image, into that image of who it is that he wants them to be. That's what Paul's writing about. In 2 Timothy, Paul knows that his days are coming to an end. And he's had such an important role in young Timothy's life. He's been a mentor for him. He's been a spiritual father for Timothy. And so as Paul contemplates what it means that he'll no longer be there for Timothy, he wants him to know that that's okay. That Timothy can still continue. He can continue on his journey in that life of Christ. He can still continue on his journey as a pastor of a congregation. And the way that he's going to do that is by calling to mind those holy scriptures. The word of God, which Timothy has known from infancy, which his mother and grandmother have taught to him, instructed him on. And Timothy knows that that word is more than simply a place that he can turn for answers. It has been a part of his life in such a way that Timothy has experienced how that word has equipped him for every good work. Timothy has experienced how that word has taught him what is right, what God wants, versus what is wrong and contrary to God's way. Timothy has experienced God's word in such a way that he knows his salvation is found in Christ Jesus. I think that's the kind of person, that's the kind of people that we are to be as well. One of the things that always is striking to me when you read through the Gospels is to hear about Jesus' disciples. It's to see how very often they seem to get it wrong. They don't understand Jesus. They don't understand what's going on in front of them. And yet I think his disciples had Jesus right there with them. 
For three years, he was there to answer every question, to correct them, to to fix all the problems in the way that they were acting, the way that they were thinking. He was right there with them. And they still got it wrong. Well, then what about me? What about you? Jesus may not be right here to give you that old whack upside the head and say, no, silly, that's not what this is about. And so how much more do we need God's word in our life each and every day to set us right? See, let's not make Jesus in our own image. And let's not make disciples of Jesus in our own image either. Instead, let us meditate on God's word. Let us let the Holy Spirit use God's word in our lives. Ultra-crepidarians, no way. As we study and meditate on God's word, the Holy Spirit works in us so that we will be those little Christs in what we say, think, and do. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ who is your Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.